0: Hey guys and gals, thanks for coming to our show. Here's some things we want you to know. Attention Meltcasters, mention Meltcast inside Meltdown Comics and any variant cover is reduced to $5. Follow through with this exclusive deal today. For those of you looking to join Loot Crate, we have a special promo code for this our very podcast. If you go to LootCrate.com backslash MeltCast, use the promo code MeltCast3, and that will get you the promotion that is most current for Loot Crate. Check it out, LootCrate.com. Welcome back to Meltcast 3.0. It's me this week, Aristotle. Uh, Still no Derek. He's lost in London somewhere. (laughs) But I am joined today by a special guest, Lawrence Raw Dog Hubbard of Real Deal.
1: Real Deal!
0: How you doing, Lawrence?
1: Oh, man, it's all good. Uh, Glad to be here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If
0: the listeners are unfamiliar, they're here to get familiar with Real Deal. More... Rage per page, or Slaughter for your dollar. That's right, it's the real mother
1: fucking deal. deal. Yeah, that's
0: it. Uh, this book was written by you mm-hmm. and Harold. I wasn't sure how to say his last name. It's uh, McElwee. McElwee. Uh-huh. All right, he's Harold really, and McElwee. Yeah, he's raw dog Mac. Yeah, <laughs> <All right.
1: laughs> uh,
0: so you. You talk about it in some of the interviews and the introduction of the book. But mm-hmm. for the people that don't know, how did how did real deal get started
1: well me and uh mac man we worked at a uh now defunct savings and loan years ago and uh you know we were buddies we used to hang out together and so we used to go down on the uh, b2 level of the building and drink during lunchtime so we did down there chilling one day and i saw him drawing you know in his style some funny little character called gc and he's drawing this stuff and i was like what the fuck is this and he'd show it to me and it was real funny and, uh, you know, he had GC and, uh, you know, kicking people's asses, shooting people. And and so we were talking. And so, you know, and he drew some other stuff. And I was looking at it. And I said, hey, man, you know, I draw too. And he said, no, nah, he didn't know that. And I said, yeah. And I said, well, let me take, um, you know, one of these stories you've done and draw it in my style. And then I draw, you know, he gave me something to draw because, you know, we were both just, you know, working these shitty jobs. And so I started uh, drawing real deal. And then, you know, I'd show it to him. He'd laugh about it. And I started drawing it, you know, comic style in the panels and everything. And it, you know, gave me something to do. And uh, finally, when we had a bunch of a bunch of pages, and it was like, well, fuck it. We should publish, you know, get published. So then we went through the usual process of mailing shit out to, you know, different comic, DC, Marvel, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, you got the usual rejection letters mm-hmm. and stuff. And, uh, you know, you didn't hear from them at all. And then so one day we're sitting up. We say, you know, our shit's too real for these clowns. And we was like, well, well, fuck it, let's publish it ourselves. And so, you know, we were both working and stuff. So, uh, you know, started running around talking to printers and then found out, you know, it's hard as hell to find a comic book printer here in Los Angeles. Yeah. So I wound up uh, going to the guy that printed the Wave uh, newspaper. He used to be around it, and he'd never done a comic before, and he quoted me this high-ass price, but I didn't know anything. So, you know, he went on and had print printed, and then that was the uh, extra-large issue number one. And the reason why I was like that, because I had drawn it at a size that he couldn't reduce it to a regular comic, and then I was like, "Well, fuck! I'm not going to draw all this stuff again." <laughs> so he said, "Well, let's just go on and do it this size," and uh, that was the beginning of it. You know, that was it. Nice.
0: Uh, mm. When you guys first, uh, when you first saw his drawings, what was like the? F- you said you were just like adapting his, the stories that he had done already. Yeah, trying and to make that it, would become issue one. Yeah,
1: trying to make it more what realistic it? and stuff because he had. I loved his style of drawing. Like I say, he wasn't uh, you know a, a comic book artist or something, but he had this like a crude style of drawing just had a lot of rage to it. Where, I mean, mm. the main thing with a cartoonist, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, perfect or, you know, anatomically correct, but just to get your point across. Like if I'm reading your shit and I'm like, okay, here's what this guy's saying, and, and that's all you need, and that's what his art did, you know, and it's, uh, you know, as you see, it's in the book, you know, and uh, it got that point across, but at the same time, it gave me something to draw. I said, well, this is cool stuff. And I really, you know, I didn't care about doing superheroes and all that. I mean, there's, mm. there's so many of those things. It's like, you know, what's another one, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so I said, well, this is, you know, something unique here. And that's why I started drawing a uh, Real Deal. And then it, it brought my skill level up because it gave me something to draw all the time, yeah. Mm.
0: And had you been working in comics before or anything like that?
1: Uh, no, just I, I started drawing when I was three. and But just, you know, we had that kind of rough family life. So I was never able to, like, go to school and, you know, art school and all that stuff and get into the comics industry. I was just... Working very sh- shitty jobs, you know, unloading trucks, shipping and receiving stuff like that. So I, you know, because I, I mean, it used to bother me a lot of times. Like, a lot of times I wouldn't draw for like weeks or months at a time. And I said, God, I'm losing, you know, losing my skills here. Mm-hmm. And I would, you know, I draw just like one off pictures of this and that. But when we hooked up, it was like it gave me something to really draw, you know. Yeah. It was like a gold mine. Yeah. Yeah. he has <laughs> something with all the stories and stuff. Yeah. And, and then looking
0: at your art, it has. Like a lot of thick black lines, which mm-hmm. remind me a lot of Jack Kirby, but yeah. who who else were like your influences?
1: Oh, I love Jack what? Kirby. I used to read a lot of I loved Mad magazine. I used to read mm-hmm. that a lot, so like Mort Drucker Angelo uh uh what was the guy's name woodward uh, wood uh, uh I forgot his name is Wood something or other, and uh just just a lot of guy Al Jaffe. And, uh, was it, uh, the guy, uh, uh, Berg, uh, his last name was Berg. He was real good. Uh, and, uh, just all those guys used to draw in Mad. Yeah. Mm. Plus, uh, you know, like Steve Ditko, all those guys, and I see say Kirby, uh, I can't think of the names, but just all those guys, i see their art, not, you know, would like inspire me. Yeah. And, uh, what's his name, uh, did Johnny Quest, um. Uh, Doug Mm Wilde. Yeah, I loved his because I was a kid and I used to watch Johnny Quest cartoons. I love the realism of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, You're, whenever, whenever, when I was doing research, Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, places would compare your art to like Ray Pettibone and Gary Panter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And (laughs) how? I guess, how does, do you consider them like peers or?
1: Yeah, I love their Mm -hmm. art. Now, I'm fascinated with him and another one was Ben Morrow. I've heard people compare me to him. And yeah, uh, but, but yeah. now
0: it seems more like Ben Morrow was influenced by you.
1: Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, I'd be so bold. But yeah, I, I love all their art, and I, um, yeah, those are yeah definitely peers and stuff. And I'm just uh, glad. I think last year at uh, Comic Con I met Ben Morrow, so I was, uh, on you know, these guys. I've heard their names, and finally get a chance to meet them and stuff. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. At uh,
0: last year, or this this last Comic
1: Con. Uh, last uh, 2015, I met oh. him because he yeah he wasn't able to make it. Mm-hmm. This year, got texted him, told him the book was coming out, and he said, "Oh, he wasn't going to be able to make it this year." Uh,
0: so you said that you guys couldn't get distribution from like Marvel, DC. So you guys started doing cons, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And... We first one, uh, I don't know. If, I think uh, this guy named Schwartz. He's doing this thing called a science science fiction something or other down at the uh, Shrine Auditorium. I, th- I think he's still doing it. But that was the first one. A uh, couple of ones, uh, you know, we did went went there, and uh, that was the first time. Like like I say, we really. Didn't know that much about comics, the industry, because neither of us ever had a chance to work in it. Yeah, the first thing was, like, when people asking you to sign the book, and we were like, wow, any people want an autograph, <laughs> you know? And like I said, this is a standard thing, you know?
0: Yeah. And was it was it weird? Because even reading the book now, it's, mm-hmm. it can be pretty shocking. But yeah. I can't imagine what it was like then to be in, you know, a convention that, you know, was all... I assume there was a lot of Star Trek
1: and Star Wars yeah, yeah, and superhero all stuff. And the normal so stuff. So yeah. what was that like? Just people would table? trip on it, like uh, you know they'd, they'd never seen it before. One thing was flattering was um, you know the first or second time we rented a table there, some guy came up and he said I've seen this before. I said Well, where'd you see it before? And he showed us somebody made bought real deal and made Xerox copies of it. And they was selling those, and he oh, bought us the black. And like, what the fuck, you know? yeah. and Like, who did this? You know, where's our lawyer and ah. stuff? But it would say, "Well, this is flattering. Somebody thought enough of it to, uh, you know, make copies of it and stuff."
0: I mean, that's that's the zine way. Yeah. But also, yeah. that's uh, that's a that seems like a big thing that happens now that mm-hmm. gets called out more at, at conventions. Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. a, I. I won't say his name because I also don't know his name, but there's okay. a very specific artist that mm. will take other people's art mm-hmm. and just kind of add some shit to it and then sell it on <laughs> well, his that's own. That's a trip,
1: yeah. yeah. yeah it's uh, serious plagiarist there, yeah.
0: Um, had you been to, and you said you hadn't gone to cons before?
1: No, we we had, we had you know, both of us just had jobs when we were working all the time. We really hadn't gotten into any of the stuff because, um, yeah, uh, yeah, before that, um, yeah, we have never done it, anything. Just like I said, we didn't know about this whole signing thing. And because we, uh, yeah, like I said, when we were trying to get published, yeah, nobody touched it. And then we finally, I think it was it was either back then the distributors were Capital City and Diamond. And I think it was Capital City that um, Harold sent out like four, four, 30 or 40 times. He sent real deal to them. Mm-hmm. And finally some guy named Isley said, oh, we'll distribute it, you know. And then we got distribution through them. But back at that time, because like now, you know, I got a website now. Mm-hmm. But back at that time, uh, it was rough because like even if you found a distributor, you had to spend a bunch of money, like, you know, they had a catalog, then like you had to run a, a ad. I mean, if you didn't get an ad in the catalog, it was just like a one line thing saying real deal and nobody know what the fuck it was. Yeah. And so you'd have to spend like say twelve hundred, fifteen hundred dollars on a full page ad, you know, with your art in it, like so somebody said, Oh, okay, I see what real deal is now. So even, you know, once you found a... Dis- and then you had to do, like, boxes of flyers to send out and ship that. To, and that, that all costs money. And so, like, even though, like, like it was funny. Like, you said, okay, we got to distribute now. But then it's like, oh, this is $500 is 12 And I could, God, you know, it's <laughs> like, this ain't for a poor man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shit, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and then you, it also says here in the book, because mm-hmm. I, read, I read it cover to cover. Oh, cool, cool, yeah. It's yeah. fucking amazing, mm-hmm. if you guys don't know. Yeah. uh. You said you sent out real deal to DC and Marvel to see, but Marvel sent back a letter.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was. I, I wish I still had the letter, but it was funny. Yeah, they. Um, I remember, you know, it sent out about a month went by, and I looked through the mail slot. Fell a, you know, Manila envelope and it had the Marvel Spider Man logo on it, and I was like, oh fuck, this is it, this is it, this is it right here. <laughs> and I tore the thing open and I read it and it said, hey, you know, it said we get he, we at Marvel get lots of submissions and we usually just send out a form letter. But they said, this is one time we had to take our feet off the desk and dust off the typewriter and send you a letter back. And they said, we passed this around the office. And he said, we laughed our asses off this, that, and the other. But sorry, you know, this isn't our thing. We can't use it and see you down the road like that. But I was like, well, fuck it. Because Harold, you know, he'd done a lot of stories uh, Hmm. besides Real Deal. And he'd sent Marvel stories. So he had the uh one of the form letters Mm -hmm. but so i said well this is real because this is the uh you know they took time to write a letter but not
0: only did they see and say no thanks yeah we fucking love this yeah
1: yeah because they got issue number Mm -hmm. one so that was Uh, yeah so that that was a trip but uh yeah that was uh you know i said i said said, well okay we're on the right path here you know yeah Mm -hmm. and
0: then what was it like in stores because i i i feel very lucky to Mm -hmm. i've I started reading comics somewhat late. It's only been like five, six years. Okay. And I was lucky to be at Meltdown the first time mm. where I feel like you get exposed to a lot more than the superhero stuff. Yeah. So I'm getting superhero and the indie stuff at the same time. Mm. But Real Deal 1 came out 89, 90, 90, 90? 90, yeah, yeah. And uh, what what were the stores like then?
1: Well, it was funny. Uh, some of them, a uh, few people took it and some guys, it was funny Like when we were down at the uh, shrine... A uh, guy said, you know what? He said, this is too big to fit on our shelves. He said, why you make it so big? And I, you know, I told him, and he said, we need, he said, yeah, I'd like to take it. But he says, it's got to be regular comic size. And I said, okay, okay. And, you uh, know, it was one of those things. Some people took it in other stores, like it was just uh, too much for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, was it was at golden apple. Like, you know, he tried it, you know, went over there with it. And the guy, you know, uh, he, you know, just didn't do anything for him. He didn't want it. And then another thing is rough a lot of times. Like most shops, they want to buy this stuff from a distributor where, mm-hmm. you know, just cut them a check and get all their books, and then you come in there independent. It's like, well, I don't want to be bothered with, like, I got to pay you separately and all that stuff like that. But some people, like I say, some hardcore shops and, and people uh, did like and want to do But, you know, it, it, it's rough. You know, like I say, you got a full-time job at the same time you're trying to put this thing out, and it, it, it's pretty intense, you know. Yeah. But it's just like a labor of love, like, you know, I do this because I must, you know, and I can't yeah. think of anything else I want, and this is what I want to do.
0: Yeah, I I completely relate because mm-hmm. I, uh, right now, I record podcasts, mm-hmm. but, and that's yeah. my job, yeah. which I am <laughs> I love. Yeah. But for years, I was doing that part time and like working Pizza Hut. Yeah. For the gas company. <laughs> Hustling, yeah. And then like driving Anaheim, Alhambra, wow. Hollywood. Yeah. Just every day. And it mm-hmm. was a nightmare, and you just got to stick through it. Yeah. but... My family gave me a lot of like shit like, Oh, why are you still doing this other yeah. thing? Just focus on the job. But what yeah. what, what uh how were your friends and family's reactions to the book?
1: Uh some liked it and some were kinda like, uh, why is he doing this? you know, and <laughs> stuff and either people like, well just, you know, just just work your job and that's it. And uh, some some would you'd know, but some you know, like I say, a lot of times you're dealing with people most people I'm around, they don't know anything about comics or anything. So it's kinda like you know, it's just about working some job somewhere and that's it, you know? Yeah. So so it's like, yeah, you're not around artistic people, you know? So you just kind of, you just say, well, this is where they're coming from and you, know, you don't even trip on it or anything.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and
1: uh, it's a lot of
0: violence in it. Yeah, yeah. Did, it, did anyone ever, like, what's a very, what was the common reaction to it?
1: Like, damn, this is violent <laughs> and stuff and uh, why are you doing this and all this? I said, hey, this is how we feel, you know? And mm-hmm. then... You know, just like you say, more rage per page, more slaughter for your dollar. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things, like you say, well, I could either do this for real or just do it in a comic book. And you say, you do it for real, you're going to wind up dead or in jail. So yeah. do it in a comic. <laughs> and that's what, you know, people like. Like I said, I love it when people get it. You know, you just, you know, what's in the book. And, um, but, uh, yeah, it, you know, and it's crazy. A lot of times you read the news and stuff and you see shit just as violent it's, out there in the real world. It's not it's,
0: far off. Yeah, 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 that's uh, it. Did it ever feel like was there ever a time that it felt like oh this might be too much where might maybe we're pushing it too far or
1: yeah sometime just, uh you know like uh, we're doing stuff and Harold come up with some bunch of kids getting killed and <laughs> I say okay maybe dollars back so yeah you know, <laughs> and, and uh you know stuff like that as we dollars back, if we just get too far out here but uh you know uh you know you try to try to keep it within limits and stuff but mm-hmm. uh yeah and I've seen you know other people, yeah you know, you're looking at you know, do some real violent wild ass shit and a lot of sexual stuff and everything, so it's just you know just just you know just going dead off with it, you know,
0: yeah, yeah. and then mm-hmm. how did uh, how did the stories like come to be? Because some of them are like so bizarre and so yeah. like extreme like my well, my one of my favorite parts of the book is mm-hmm. uh he uh, he tells pork to make some breakfast, oh, yeah. and they don't have eggs, so <laughs> yeah. he goes and like
1: destroys
0: the neighbor's house.
1: Yeah, the yeah. just <laughs> the hell, just the mind, just just do any, just just do the first fucking insane thing comes to your mind, and it's just uh, like this, this just evil it, just just going, it <laughs> just 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 brutal, about as far as be, from being politically correct as possible and stuff, and it's just, but it's funny though, know, like I see you think of that, dude, just take a. What, you know, if I was a brutal son of a bitch, what would I do? And I need this, like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to the store. I'm seeing somebody nearby. Because <laughs> I've been up all night fighting, get drunk, killing people, smoking weed and all that. And I, I just want to stay yeah. right here, yeah. you know. What's son? one
0: more thing? Yeah,
1: yeah, what's one more thing?
0: Uh, you mentioned that there was stuff like kids, a bunch of kids getting killed. Was there a lot of stuff <laughs> that got taken out oh, or replaced? just somewhat,
1: or? yeah. You know, it's just, uh, you know, you just, you know, cause like like yeah, Mac, he would... He get to get his flow going and he just be busting up, get an evil laugh, and he's saying, This happening. You know, all these kids get gore danced and this happening, <laughs> <laughs> all that. I was already going too far here and stuff. And it, he said, Well, we'll cut this out, and cut out, you know, we'll do this, that, and the other. And uh, well, it was like, you know, he's just getting into his flow, you know, just, just the mind just flowing on the stories and stuff.
0: Yeah. And then you mentioned the gore dance. Oh, yeah. I that was
1: something I wanted to ask. Oh, yeah. Where did, where <laughs> did that come from? Because I've heard of, like, you
0: know, there's yeah. A lot of curb stomping going on. Yeah, right.
1: yeah. Yeah, he came over there a long time ago. Just where, where Somebody just gets stomped into mush, you know, and just, you know, just in a state of rage. And uh, and it was we shit. that uh, Like, you know, in the early days of the Crips, I remember one of the first uh, at the Hollywood Palladium, it's been in the 70s, where some guy got stomped to death over a leather jacket. And that was a big thing then, like you had a leather jacket. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember when I had uh, my first job, and the first thing I wanted was a leather jacket. And my mother said, Right, baby, be, and I baby Kevin, be people getting killed over those leather jackets and stuff. I say, I, hey, I gotta have a real leather jacket, because some guys back then like they had what we call pleather jacket. It was like a plastic. Yeah. And it looked like shit. And he said, No, nah, I <laughs> Fall got apart a part in the rain. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. said, nah, I got a real Wilson's house house suede leather jacket here, you know, and that that was the thing. So so that I remember that and uh, yeah, just stuff like that, and that's where a lot of the you know, stories and stuff like that, you know, came from real events. Uh
0: when no, now this is a weird transition. But mm-hmm. when uh, when Harold passed, mm-hmm. how where where were you guys at in the in writing the book and making the books?
1: Uh, I think we were at uh, issue. Uh, I think I had issue number five. Was that? Uh, I think that was five. We were at five, and we were just you know it was kind of rough because I mean I had a job and then at the time I'd gotten him a job at the company I was at, and he was um uh, like a night shift computer operator and he'd never worked in IT before, but I. You know he. You know I talked to the boss and I said it was an entry level spot and I said hey he's better than a lot of people you've already hired, give him a chance and then he was you know working there and then I was like at the time we're like okay fuck both of us because a lot of sometimes he was out of work and I had to pay for everything so I said okay both of us are working we got pretty good jobs here we can really get you know things kicked in overdrive and we can hit the comic con publish and all that and then next thing you know he was gone you know that stroke and a heart attack. And then I was just you know, just dumbfounded, like you say, my God, is this the end of it? And then I said, I can't stand this. This can't be the end, you know. So then, you know, I just, just kept going with it, you know. And it was uh, devastating because then you said, well, fuck, because there's one thing, you know, you lose a friend and a brother. But then you say, like, you know, my my, my life is wrapped up in this, you know, mm-hmm. both of our lives. And then you're like, is this it? And then I said, well, what else is there for me? They, you know, working some fucking job somewhere. You know, like, even, you know, when I was an IT production control analyst, it got to the point where every time you turn around, you're getting laid off. You know, it's come to get outsourced, this, that, and the other, Come to go out of business, you get laid off. Then you run around, you find another job. Then a year later, you get laid off from there. Then it got to the point where they wouldn't even give you a full-time job anymore. Everything was just a contractor job with no benefits. And it just, you know, everything's just getting worse and worse. So I said, real deal is all I have, you know, because mm. this other shit is like, it's just not going anywhere. It's just, you know, you work somewhere, you get laid off, and it's just... And, like, everybody I knew it was in the same place. So where, oh, I'm laid off. I'm trying to find out I'm unemployed. But it's just, it's just a dead end. You know, it was just a trip.
0: Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, what was it like? Because some of the other books have credited, uh,
1: like, co-writers and co-artists. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I
0: believe Dr. Chronic wrote four and five.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Will Clawson. I think we gave him... Yeah, one guy named Jeff McNurl and he he worked worked on the issue. Because what happened is, you know, the first one and two, I drew those all myself cover to cover. And that's a hell of a lot of work, you know, when you have a full time job. So then I said, Well shit, I need to hire a guy, you know, somebody to help me out. So the second, third issue I had I hired uh, Jeff McNerl, and he did I think he did the Planet Drake story. And so that lightened things up. Then this guy uh I know named um uh Will Claus and he's a friend and he uh he's a good artist. And so then, uh, I kind of just gave him the uh, Planet Drake story. And then, if you notice, in issue number three, I let him ink it. You know, I I pencil, but he, 'cause everybody oh, this looks different. It's time to get somebody else inked it. And so uh, he did that. Then he's been drawing the uh, the uh, Planet Drake story. Mm-hmm. So that's what, yeah. So I need because, yeah, like like I say, drawing all that stuff by yourself plus a job, that, that, that it's it's not a, a joke. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole lot of work.
0: And then, what was it like going from? from just being the artist to being the artist and the writer for six and seven
1: uh it was rough i I, like i would was funny though it's weird with real deal is almost to the point where um it's like the story is almost like a formula like Mm. you would uh just like you know you'd have some things seem normal and you have some incident (laughs) and then it just just blows way the fuck out of proportion where you know you know, some simple thing, everyday thing, like Harold used to say, he said he could have something like GC goes to the car wash. And a simple thing, going to the car wash, next thing you know, a bunch of people are dead. There's some big argument, you know, for instance, argument, rage. I'm, not, I'm Nobody's backing down. And a bunch of dead bodies, It's something like that. So I just, just took the same, um, uh, you know, the same formula and just, you know, put it in different stories. And Harold was so prolific. Some of the uh, stuff, like... Uh, He's got a you know like you see his drawing style. He drew a whole bunch of books and pages, you know, in his style, and I still have some of them. So some sometimes I'll um, look at some of those. Like he might have some other characters in it, and I can just just uh, just convert it to a real deal story and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, the main thing is just following the uh, logic of the story, like like I say the the formula, you know. Incident, reaction, and, and go like that. Yeah. And it's uh, it's not that hard, really.
0: And speaking to that mm. formula, like when I was reading through the book, yeah. I my first introduction was Real Deal Number Seven. Uh-huh. I remember I think it was was it last year or two years that Selvin came out because I remember Gaston bringing them in after Countdown.
1: Uh The last or oh, twenty fifteen, yeah.
0: And that's that was my my first time having yeah. a real deal and reading through it. Yeah. And, uh but now having read through all of them, yeah, <laughs> there were like it felt so familiar and I thought, oh my God, I know, Yeah, I knew, like this feels like things that are happening now and yeah. it's either, it could be a, a rip-off or like we read Real Deal and we, it, like this is the shit that we love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then have you thought about doing like uh, <laughs> off comics on certain things? Oh yeah, yeah like? I, I
1: got all kind of stuff, you know, just to have the time to you know sit down and yeah. do it. Um, you know, you got other characters you could do spin offs on. I got kind a, um, a character I call Floyd Floyd Jackson. He's like a detective back in the '30s, and he would be first in New York, then in L.A. And I would like do some really serious illustrating with that, and um a bunch of stuff. I can't even think of it all right now. But uh there's literally, like, like I said, it could be a full time job. That's yeah. how many comics I could put
0: out. Because I <gasps> I would love to yeah. see a comic on just the Hooded Mac.
1: Yeah, yeah, Hooded they, Mac. Yeah, he could have his own comic like because, He's uh,
0: like. Uh, he belongs in this world, but just with that hood, he is yeah. like a superhero. Yeah, yeah, element, But also, I love that it, it it gives him also a little bit of an anti-KKK like KKK look. Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: you know. <laughs> like, hey, you know, his background is, you know, he's pimping and he's like, you know, real pretty brother, you know, light wavy hair and stuff. And uh, gotten a beef with one of his hoes and she threw acid in his face. So he's all fucked up, so that's why he wears the hood now.
0: <laughs> that- that too, that happens a few times throughout the book, and I thought, you know, I feel like I've heard this happen. I don't know that I, it was that like also a thing that would happen, or is that? Yeah, just well, like I'm thinking moment? about
1: you know like Al Green, uh, you know, back when he had uh, a woman dumped a pot of grits on him and fucked him up, and uh, things like that, you know, like oh, yeah. like yeah, like like you said, these pimps and they beat the shit out of their holes, and then, you know, first they take it, and then finally you say fuck it, and then they do something back to them, and then you know you're all fucked up, so. That, that that was, you know, all these things that are out there, we pull it pull it all together, and, you know, that's where we get our stories from.
0: <laughs> and then now, mm-hmm. Planet Dregs. Yeah. Where did, how did that start? Because when I got to that, it yeah. felt like it, it's a completely different book, but also yeah. just like so belongs in the world of Real Deal. Yeah. It's so different, and I love yeah. it so much. How did it
1: <laughs> Cool. Yeah, well, uh, Harold was a, a big uh, Star Trek fan and liked, um, you know, science fiction and stuff. And uh, so, you know, it was that. And then we were thinking, yeah, like like you said, we we're just kicking it around one day and say, suppose there's a print, you know, like like the Earth is just so fucked up and so many bad people on Earth. They just, you know, since they've gotten sp- space travel down pat, you know, just ship the fuck ups off the planet to a and have a prison planet. And then on the prison planet, it's not even any order. Like you know, prison is a prison, and they feed you, and you got guards. It's just like just throw you on the planet. And you just deal deal with you know, go for what you know. You know, mm. if you live, you live; if you die, you die. So and, you know, if you can get something to eat, you get it to eat. But you know, you're on a prison planet. So that that's what we came up for that. And then all the aliens, and you know, think about stuff you've seen in Star, like Star. I mean, Star Wars, the bar scene, yeah, and all that. That's yeah. what it felt like. I.
0: I remember watching Star Wars as a kid. Yeah. But, and then later on as an adult hearing stories, like, mm-hmm. oh, when they walk into that cantina, that's like, that was a game changer for yeah. movies because no one ever saw aliens like that. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt reading Planet Dregs. Like, yeah. oh my God, these designs are insane. Yeah. Like, this this also needs its own spin-off. Yeah, like, yeah. I could do uh, that too, yeah. And uh, I love when, uh, I forgot who said it, but he says, like, you're not worth, like, uh the weight of ant shit. And <laughs>
1: and <it's> like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, one of the, yeah, yeah, one of the, the alien characters, yeah. Uh
0: how did now how did the fanographics collection start?
1: Uh let's see. It was uh let's see, without dealing with uh uh uh, uh Adam uh, uh you know Adam and uh, Gaston what uh, Adam uh uh Adam Weissman right. at uh Stussy. 'Cause he hooked me up with uh, uh you know, I did a bunch of t shirts for Stucy. Mm-hmm. And so uh he knew Gaston. And uh then one day he called me and said, Hey, you know, Gaston, he knows the people phantographs and he's telling them, Hey, this would be a good compilation book. And so things, you know, kinda like it was talking and stuff and it, it kinda wasn't really going anywhere. Then when I went to the uh Comic Con last year, uh, the guys we had, you know, cause I had issue number seven out. Mm-hmm. So I'm sharing a table with J.J. Uh, Villard and uh, buddy uh, Jeremy. And uh, so then uh, the guys from uh, Fantagraphics came over and like, oh, you know, you launched Real Deal, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we started talking and they all were coming over, you know, buying the individual books and stuff. And they said, oh, yeah, we heard, you know, we're going to be working with you and stuff. And then um, once, you know, we're all laughing and talking and stuff. And then next thing you know, uh, you know, started speeding up and then, uh signing contracts and stuff, and then, uh, you know, working with them uh, over the phone, um, you know, uh, uh, with Eric up there and uh, all of them, and, um, you know, and uh, it was busy, you know, talking on phone emails and stuff, putting it mm-hmm. together, and constantly send us this, send us that, and so, you know, it was pretty busy, but they did a hell of a job, it's a beautiful book, I yeah. mean, it, it, I was I was um, stressed out about what it was going to look like, you know, I was like, this book has got to be perfect, you know, and then, like, then they sent me my first copy, And it just blew me away. It was, like, beyond all expectations. I mean, they got down on it, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: And then how did, I guess, how did they collect the books? Like, did you have the original pages? Yeah,
1: I had uh, uh, some of the stories. Like, I think in issue number two, I'd I'd sold a lot of pages. But uh, a lot of stuff I still had. And, um, yeah, I still had a lot of pages. And uh, a lot of stuff they just had to scan from, like, I think from issue number two, they had to scan that. And uh, they did. But uh, luckily with the, you know, the equipment we got and the graphic stuff now... Uh, they did a hell of a job where you really, you know, it looks a lot of it looks like original art. You can't tell it. They scanned it from a book. Because, mm. yeah, a lot of stuff, you know, I'd be, you know, money be tight and stuff and, you know, pit, sell a page for a couple hundred bucks, you know, just, you know, for eating and that's, drinking money. Yeah, you know? that's, that's the artist way. Yeah, that's yeah. the artist way. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: and then you also mentioned there's an interview in the pack of the book uh, that, you're, that you're working on issue eight. Yeah, how yeah. how's that coming along?
1: It's coming fine. It's just you know a time thing, but yeah, I'm mm. doing. It's called a psyop issue where you get to meet, like how you know, like you, know, you see all the crazy shit gc has been doing all these years, and it kind of comes together. Like who allowed him to do all this stuff? Why was it happening? And you know, when it all comes, it kind of kind of explains everything and stuff. <laughs> so I try to, like really take it deep, getting into uh, you know uh, uh, conspiracies and stuff like things I like to read about and stuff. And so then, uh, hopefully, in this one, then I'll have I I got a, a last um, uh, what do you call it a Planet Drake story, but uh, with the last issue, the issue I had in issue seven, uh, they they just we just wanted to do my art, mm-hmm. and then so in that one, I hope that I'll, I'll be able to put uh, uh, what's his name Will's art in there too, and wrap up the uh, the uh, Planet Drake story. So I've had that for years, just having you know you know times were times are real rough and just were not able to print anything, you know.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then you said what he's been doing over the years, is it going to be like a modern day issue? Because I I would Mm -hmm. like to, I I try to imagine what GC and the the art team would be like in modern day with like...
1: Well, what's funny with GC, he is modern day. He just dresses like he's back in the 70s. (laughs) But the people he's around are modern. And uh, yeah, to our team like uh, I guess I'd have to upgrade. For we first did it, they were Vietnam vets. Mm. I guess now I'd make them Iraq uh, vets good. or something. of the other guys would be too old. But uh, yeah, and they just look like they just all went crazy and like even they're, they're like they live in New York, but it's like they're still in the army. Yeah, and the Sarge still runs everything, and it's just like they're in their platoon and and they never left it and stuff. But I also would like to see like how
0: they would uh, be in like a. a a Black Lives Matter situation. Oh, yeah, yeah, like how yeah. They would react
1: to the All Lives Matter people yeah, or Trump. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. it'd be interesting, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this'll be, you know, pretty, when I do this side fish, it'll be, you know, modern up to day, you know, they'll have, it's just, like I say, these guys are just, and it's, I've known guys that, like, this is the time, like, they came of age, so this is how they, like, this is how they are and stuff, you know. Yeah. Even though they're, they're living now, they're not back in the 70s or 80s or anything like that, yeah. Uh,
0: and then you had mentioned that you work with Stussy. Yeah. Uh, I watched the Stuici interview you did, oh, okay, and they yeah. had clips mm-hmm. from a real deal cartoon. Yeah, yeah, they did that at I, Titmouse. Wow, what what happened to that? Where is that now?
1: Uh, well, it's interesting. Um, yeah, cause uh, yeah, Adam, yeah, he fell in love with it so much he uh managed to get them to uh K- Stucey to kick in extra, and we did that minute of animation. And uh, yeah, I had a, a development deal at uh, Fox Animation. Um, and... Uh, Fox wanted to do Yeah, Fox, video? Fox, Friends, this guy and uh, I think his name is Nick uh, new- Whedonfield, Newtonfeld, something like that. And uh, he signed us to a development deal. Didn't get much money, but, you know, we were in development. Had uh, a guy named Brian Ash wrote a full script and everything. And then it was like like lasted like a year, and then you know, they were constantly calling me. I'm sending in, you know, giving them, bringing them extra books. Or You know, they would come up with like new characters and say, well, what would GC's mother look like? And I'd draw her up and you know, or, or this, and that, and, you know, what if so-and-so had a son and all that. So I was doing all that. Then, I, you know, then after a while, I stopped getting phone calls and stuff. And then I called and said, well, what's going on with this? I think uh, Adam called, well, what's going on? And he said, somebody high up over Homeboy, over Nick in New York or something, said they didn't want to move ahead with it or something. They said it was too violent or some shit like uh. that. And so it was like, the, you know, that was it and stuff. I'm like, God damn. So yeah the next day i'd love to do an animated uh show of real deal mm. and i already got you know i got a full script i got um uh like ten uh uh layouts of uh you know uh for for uh ten other stories mm. and uh so you know i mean it's like a full package ready to go and then that and now that like that's what you have and you can take it with you yeah like? yeah it's like, like a full package yeah. under yeah yeah we got it yeah i got the story of... and the uh and the uh Outline for ten other uh, ten other stories and stuff, ten other episodes. So, Cause mm-hmm. when I saw that clip, I thought, "Why have I? Why is this not on TV now?
0: Like That's, this is yeah. perfect. I for heard that. TV now.
1: Yeah, because the same thing. Uh, uh, I was looking at my Facebook page, and uh, same thing. I'd uh, post, you know, a link to the uh, Stussy, uh, uh interview, and people are writing like, "Why isn't this a show? Yeah, is it? Why isn't this a show? You know, it's so." Hopefully, you know, you know, we can get that going because that that would be my dream to have a, a real deal comic uh, cartoon show. I think we we got to have everyone start tweeting it. Yeah, Adult, <laughs> tweet at Adult Swim specifically because yeah. yeah. I think that
0: is the perfect home. That
1: would be the perfect home yeah. for it, yeah, and just say hey, you know, we, we we you know we want real deal, you know, like that. Yeah, yeah. so that you yeah, tell everybody to do that because that's that's the plan right there.
0: And then uh, we. You mm-hmm. have a signing coming up at Meltdown. That's right on September sixteenth, mm-hmm. which is just two weeks away from there. You the, go the day this releases. That's it. Uh, I I read I read an email saying that you've got some some musical plans for this. It's my man uh,
1: right here, Kemte. Oh. Yeah, he's gonna put the, he's a DJ. He's gonna put down some uh, funky riffs and stuff on a CD, and uh, and then also we have a backdrop we have from uh, a con we did before. It was a eight by eight canvas backdrop with the real deal characters <laughs> on it from issue number one it was so cool we ran into hey God yeah this is it right here oh, yeah. and <laughs> yeah and we had a, a graffiti artist that he knew and the guy guy's amazing he looked at the, the cover and he did that with, with, with cans of paint and stuff you know yeah. hell of a guy yeah
0: have you have you thought about Releasing the the C D as like soundtrack to I really mean, we see.
1: I guess we could see about that once he puts it together and stuff. So you're gonna put some funky riffs together, right? Totally funky. Yeah, that's it. Make it funky. So yeah, that's uh yeah, but that's uh that's this. So hopefully, yeah, like I said, we'll be able to you know, we're gonna yeah, when we finish this we'll look, you know, where we're gonna be sitting mm. and we're gonna set up like we have uh, you know, use P V C pipe to make a frame. Yeah. And just hang it up and stuff. And that I think we think it'd be pretty cool. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: So you've been doing real deal a long, a long time. <laughs> a long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have like a favorite, favorite
1: moment or a favorite page or something that from, from when you're working on? It? Boy, so many pages. <laughs> I guess yeah. the just whatever you know. Some of them, you know, so funny is like when you draw. It's funny like you first start with stuff and you're kind of struggling, like you know, you had this vision in your head and to get it on the paper, and then when you're really drawing a lot. It, it, and then it just comes... You know, it's like an athlete, you know, who, who's good at his sport. And it just comes out of you. So, um, well, I just said, whatever the most complex pages, there's it, so many of them, you know, like I say, ones I did with good backgrounds, good uh, perspective and stuff. That's, uh, you know, some striving for and everything. Mm. I want, you know, I, that's what I say. Because um, it's funny, we used to deal with other... Uh, you know, when I uh, first started trying to hire other artists, and went through a couple of guys, you know, before the guys I mentioned... <laughs> And some guys were just fucking lazy. Like, <laughs> they had talent, but, you know, like, you give them something to draw, then you say, okay, I'll, you know, I'll come back in two weeks and see how you're going. And you come back two weeks later, and hardly anything is done. And you're like, well, how the fuck are you going to draw panels? of? Well, you you can't draw one thing, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, after a while, you say, all right, you know, forget it. You know, <laughs> it's just, you do your thing. I am you know, I got to get this done. I don't have time. But that's what it was. It was these guys a named, they were like, you know, okay, these guys are ready to work because... As you know, like I said, stuff is hard work. It's not yeah. a joke. You know, you sitting remember when I was working at the data center, we used to work 12 hour shifts. So I was off every week. I was off either three or four days. And I just I'd be working on real deal. You know, I would do whatever errands I had to do taking care of, you know, where I was living or whatever. But, you know, other time, you know, I'd be up all night just drawing real deals like, you know, fuck, I, this is what I have to do. You know, <laughs> this has got to get out here on the page and stuff. Yeah. And, I, you know, like I say, if I didn't do that, because like, like I said, I almost break tear to My, you know, I look at the book. And I said, damn, did I do all that? <laughs> and, you know, it just seems unreal. And, um, you know, but but it's like, it's there, you know, and I think of guys who, you know, don't do anything, or you just working some miserable job somewhere, and then and they say, you know, you're laid off, and it's like, uh, it's nothing, you know, it's yeah. just nothing here. It's People just the... thinking, well, one day. One yeah, day, yeah, just one day. Yeah. And I say, you know, you got to put the time and effort into it. Uh,
0: is there anything that you're like, are you reading comics now? Reading mm-hmm. other stuff now? Where do you, what are you into now? What's oh, getting your juices Boy,
1: flowing. I, uh, you know, it's fun picking up different uh, stuff at, um, you know, Comic-Con and uh, just, uh, yeah, like I said, I still read Mad sometimes. I look mm-hmm. at uh, a friend of my guy, Louis, started, I started looking at Punisher now, some of that I had not because uh, he loves, this guy loves Punisher so much, he has everybody knows drawing a Punisher form and stuff <laughs> in his style. So I started looking at that, and um, uh, this girl I just met named Christy Shin, she does this... uh,
0: I know Christy Shin. Oh, you know her? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, she does this thing called, uh, got one comic called Caligula, got one called Sepulcher and stuff, and I I like looking at independent artist stuff Mm -hmm. and everything, yeah. Oh, you know, I have a full time job too, so I'm, I'm fucking busy all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I guess I get home from work, like I literally just pass out. You know, yeah. the only time I can really get into stuff is when I'm off. Yeah, yeah.
0: I I I go home and I have literally have stacks of books.
1: Like, ah, oh, yeah.
0: That's my one day. Is like yeah. I, I'm trying to read them all, but they're getting bigger faster than I can read them.
1: Well, this guy I know yeah. at Boom, yeah, he gave me uh, some. Um, what's that motor the, the motorcycle gang thing? They have uh- oh, the humans. No, oh, not no. that one. The it's uh, a TV show. Uh, God, I can't remember. He gave uh, me two books from that Sons of Anarchy. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So they got a comic on that. So he gave me two thick books on that. So I'm about to start reading those. And uh, yeah, same thing. Yeah, you fall behind on your reading. I got stuff. Uh, you know, stuff Johnny Ryan's giving me. I still haven't Ooh. had a chance to finish his whole book. Yeah. Uh, when so I was. hmm There's there's a lot out now that like yeah.
0: feels like this is. This has been like touched by real deal, yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. And when I was at the Comic Con, I met Kaz that does the uh, was it Underworld. Underworld? And I used to read his stuff all, the- it was such a trip. Like I said, I real reading this guy's stuff in um, LA Weekly years ago. Then you're sitting down and you you, you know, introduce himself. So yeah, I don't know who he is, and then I look at the book, I said, oh, fuck, I know you, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. So, uh and, but yeah, a lot of people say they have been influenced by Real deals, so that's that's an honor, you know. And
0: is that ever? Because I met ima- like I that happens to me a lot, where I'll mm-hmm. sit down and I'll meet somebody, yeah, and I won't recognize their name, but then yeah. when, the, when they give me the work, it's like, oh wait, I do yeah. know who you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, I know I, your
1: style, yeah, stuff yeah. like and that. And I, yeah, I imagine
0: is that flattering or is it ever weird? Like, oh, you don't you didn't know my name? Uh, know, or, not everybody,
1: like, yeah, everybody. It seems cool because yeah, a lot of times you just see somebody's work, you, you have no idea what they look like or mm-hmm. anything unless you see a picture of them. So. And sometimes you don't remember the names or anything. So, like I said, the guy sits down and we just say, hey, "How you doing?" Blah blah blah. Then I see the book. Oh man, <laughs> you're Kaz, okay? And because I was even, you know, telling him like uh, comic stuff. Yeah, I remember he had done, mm-hmm. and he he finished the story. Like, oh yeah, that was the one about this that the other. And like, okay, you remember? <laughs> knew exactly what I was talking about from all those years ago in uh, LA Weekly. So it, it was. I had I have a blasted Comic Con. Look, I have to make it every year now. Mm-hmm. What's so cool is like, you know, you meet people who you know share your 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 experiences your you know your fellow artists and stuff and you can really relate to them yeah cuz all the times I'm working you know some job that has nothing to do with art and if you start talking about this stuff to somebody they don't know what the fuck you are talking about they don't care and it, it's really you know it's funny then you know to meet people who are into what you're into it's really a blast yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. and then when you were in the like, when you were making real deal like yeah.
0: in the 90s i mm-hmm. In my head, I always picture like, oh, oh, you guys knew each other because yeah. I'll go to Fanographics at Comic Con now, yeah. and everyone's hanging yeah. out. Yeah, like it's you, Kaz, Dan, <laughs> Klaus. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, everyone he sat next to but him. Yeah, is were you like? Uh, well, you said you were reading Kaz, but were you reading like a lot of that stuff then? Oh uh,
1: yeah, whatever it? you know, at LA Weekly or I remember I'd go in the stores and they had I forgot the guy's name. He did this thing called Jimbo that was pretty trippy. A lot of uh, Gary Panther. Yeah, there you yeah. Panther. Yeah, there you go and uh yeah stuff but i was literally like i said i was same thing i was working my job mm-hmm. and drawing real deal and then the other time you just crash out you know because i used to work a night shift from 6 p.m to 6 a and that wear your body out yeah and then i would uh yeah yeah you're staying up all night and i hated that shit because then when you're off like the first day you're off your body clock you still stay up all night they like i need a day just to adjust to and stuff and then it's like because I remember a lot of times I'd be at the data center and it'd be like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'd be down in El Sagano. I'm like, damn, like, I'm doing, I said, this has nothing to do with what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Yet, you know, I'm here because I need money. You know, this, this shit was rough. You know, it's yeah. just depressing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, mm-hmm. you've got a
0: signing. That's Meltdown. It. September 16th at 7 p.m. That's it. It's going to be incredible. All right. Come
1: check it out. Be there or the, be square.
0: Thank you, Lawrence, for being on Melcast.
1: Uh, hey, hey, man, uh, Aristotle, you're you're most welcome. I'm yeah. glad to be here. Uh,
0: where can people find you, like on on the internet?
1: Oh, uh, right. www.realdeelcomics.com. I got a website you can buy comics there and stuff. And then also, we I uh, think uh, we're going to put a link on there where you, uh, you can go to Fanagraphics and get the hardcover mm-hmm. or and get the softcover books on the um, on my site. All right. And then Facebook. Uh, yeah, I'm up. on Facebook uh, they, I think it's just Lawrence Hubbard yeah right. you pull that up yeah alright well thank thank you for being here nah, most, most happy most welcome
0: Melcast 3.0
1: alright alright
0: <laughs> hey thanks for picking us up like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter we're at Melcast we occasionally tweet some things and while you're at it follow at Meldown Comics they're awesome and you can keep up with all of their sales and events that happen every day.